Hello and welcome to the Entitled Gamer. I'm your host, Matt Shore. Hope you guys are excited as we are for a very brand new and shiny 2018. With me, as always, is Big Trav. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Trav. And, of course, we have Paul Grody, attorney at law. Hey, everyone. Uh, so, little work story. Don't want to totally derail us, but I successfully wrote 2018 instead of 2017 on a document today. So, oh, Congratulations. Uh, so, you guys still use old-fangled documents there? Crazy. Y- yeah, occasionally you have to write stuff. I was in court, had a court order. We had to write, like, write up on, like, carbon copy paper. And then, Whoa, so he's like a real lawyer? I thought it was just like a bit. Yeah, uh, no, it's it, well, yeah, yeah. I'm actually not a real lawyer, but I've got a lot of people full. So, uh, anyway, Paul, are you like IRL that guy from Suits? Uh, no, I'm definitely not like that IRL. Wink, wink. You're right. You're Lionel Hutz deep down. I don't even no, know. No, money down. All right, so we're going to start things off with a bang. We hope you enjoyed our uh, episode last week and put a lot of heart and soul into it. Um, or I should say two weeks ago. Man, we're going to get some emails about that. Oh, baby. Uh, but right now we're celebrating the new year. So we've got a lot of exciting stuff happening uh, in this coming year. We have had a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. We've been playing a lot of games that we got over the holidays because we're spoiled Speak Paul, for yourself. I didn't get any games over the holidays. I didn't either. You didn't? What? No. no. I don't get games for holidays. But what? I that. But I thought I got a Christmas washer. was all about games. Oh, that's a, a pretty washer. good gift. Yeah. Actually, it was a dishwasher. Huh, also, a pretty too. good gift. Yeah. But why don't you just use paper plates and get games? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Well, I got I got a crap load of new games because uh, I said I wouldn't add to my backlog and actually um, that that leads me to my next point which is uh, each of us as an entitled gamer has put together a New Year's resolution and uh, we were very serious about these we were very devout I, uh, I you know I clearly have a backlog problem <laughs> we've discussed it before <laughs> on this show um and uh my new year's resolution for 2018 is to not buy games unless i feel they are absolutely necessary because my backlog is ridiculous how do you define necessary for a video game i figured this would be uh a important qualifier that i should i should uh elaborate on so for example i feel like there are some titles that are coming out in the next year or so that I feel like are too big for me as a gaming fan to not buy, even if I, regardless of whether I have time for them or not. Those would be like um, the next time Hideo Kojima releases a game, or Red Dead Redemption 2, or God of War, some of these big games that I'm very excited about. So for those, I feel like my pre-order money is pretty much already spent, so long as I continue to have hands to play video games with. Knock on wood, well I can still knock. Um, because these hands, you know, you gotta you gotta treasure your hands, guys. You <laughs> One day you'll wake up and they'll be gone, <laughs> and yeah. then someone else's hands will be there, and you'll be like, "What? How did this even happen? I was asleep for forty five minutes." Oh God. Um, 
But that's that's my New Year's resolution. Trav, what is uh, what is your New Year's resolution? Uh, coming off a big year like we just had, I am looking forward to playing less games. So wait, your, your <laughs> resolution as a gamer is to play less games. Yep, yeah, that's I, correct. I feel like you're breaking up with us. Like, what are you saying? I just I, I want to like focus more on like in like less games, basically. Like, I, I want to play less games but get like deeper into them. Wait, wait. So your resolution is oh. actually same amount of gaming time, just spent on fewer games. No, it'll probably be less gaming time. There was a little bit too much last year. I'm not complaining, but wow. it was a lot. So his resolution I mean, is lot, less gaming. But... Sure. But when, if you want to boil it down, Paul, it's less gaming. That's crazy. I uh, Well, I don't know what too much gaming is. I don't really know the insides and outsides of your life like that. But I will say that if I know anything about what you did this past year, the, the latter half of the year, you spent some of your non-gaming moments playing Dungeons & Dragons. Now, does that count? Or is that? That's more of a like a social thing that I'm obliged to do. I don't really. Have a oh, and this that. isn't. What are we chopped liver? <laughs> I the I I have a group though that relies on me to be there, so I have to be there for that most of the time. I can get out with occasional. <laughs> what the hell are we? What are you talking? <laughs> you can play video games without me being there. Uh, not emotionally, I can't. Yeah, every time fine. we play Overwatch without you, Trav, because you have, like, work or something like that, Shore's, like, just constantly talking about how you're not there with us. Well, I know. It's just because I'm not Trav there carry you guys. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Trav's, Trav's New Year's resolution is to ditch us. What's yours, Paul? So I'm going the opposite way of Trav, and mine is to play more games, but I want to make sure um, that I'm playing some of these indie and small publisher games because... Uh, if you listen to our top ten list, I had quite a few of those I really enjoyed. And how many was it? Like four? I think or five. I think three. But you know, we were talking. We had we we were throwing around our like top fifteen lists, and I think like a full third of mine was indie games or small publishers. So yeah, I mean, it's hard to even define what indie means anymore. Sort of with film, because even indie movies right. can blow up and get a big distributor and get some money behind them. So who knows? But uh, I, I get what you mean. You mean you want to. Uh, enjoy the golf stories of the world the right. gems um all right so we have a game we're gonna play we're gonna play a game on the entitled gamer amongst ourselves and uh i can't play it's against my new year's resolution i'm sorry yeah it's, it's a though. motion control game <laughs> no trap trap the thing about resolutions <laughs> is you break them so we're really just helping you yeah right help yeah us but it's help only you. been like 15 seconds i probably should at least make it like a minute and a half before i break it that's true you gotta yeah his other new year's resolution is to work up on that <laughs> longevity for that um so the the name of the game is what would your new year's resolution be if you were and then uh, we've got some uh, interesting ways to uh, and and that sentence if you were one of these major gaming companies what would your new year's resolution be so, um, okay, first off, let's. I'm going to ask Trav, what would your news resolution be if you were EA, Electronic Arts, trying to win the public back after your recent fiascos in the news? Hmm. Um, probably to separate from Bioware and let them, let Casey just do whatever he wants and see how that goes for at least one game. Uh, take all the microtransactions out of Anthem, which... It's that probably means canceling Anthem. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just stop being EA basically. Like get you know, get some new new people in there that actually 
you know, aren't greedy and crazy and so fire and the way the public works. So fire everyone, let Bioware do its own thing and completely rebrand. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Maybe you don't fire everybody. But, Burn you know. the building down, piss on its ashes, and start a good company. We, that's, that's we laugh that when Trav's CEO of, of EA in one year, yeah. and we finally that's get a true. remastered Mass Effect trilogy, we'll be like, man, that guy really did know what he was talking about. <laughs> and just despite us, it'll be called Mass Effect Rekindled. More on that <laughs> joke later. Uh, all right, so... That's an interesting take. I don't know if I would change so much. I don't know if I would let Bioware free. I would always want it under my clutches. All right, Paul, if you were EA trying to win the public back, what would you do? So EA has the Star Wars license for a little bit, which they have uh, completely managed to fuck up. Um, But to me, there's a pretty easy thing they can do, um, and that's put out another Rogue Squadron game. Everybody loves the Star Wars flying games. Um, Just put one out. Um, and don't put loot boxes in, and uh, people will be happy. That game <laughs> well, will sell like crap. Or, I'll play. I'll play a little devil's advocate here. I'll be the EA executive. Uh-huh. Well, how are they supposed to make money after you buy the game if there are no loot boxes? What are they supposed to do? Because they have to get that money from somewhere, Paul. They need to feed their families. What are they supposed to do? Well, there's been a little thing in video games. It's been around for a little while. It's called downloadable content. So instead mm. of gating content behind loot boxes, you say like oh, hey, we just came out with a super cool extra mission that you can buy for $20. And because everyone loves Rogue Squadron, they will pay more money to pay play more of the game. Easy. Yep, that's, that's a pretty solid argument. Rogue Squadron, is that the one on GameCube? They did, yes, there's one on GameCube. They did three? <laughs> is that the one on three on yeah. GameCube? Yeah, I think they so. Did, I've never really played a them. lot of, the, of, of uh, any of the Rogue Squadrons. Oh really? I uh, played a lot of the. I first have one of them on GameCube, one. but it seemed okay. But I was wait no Rogue Leader. Which one was that? That's the one I had. Anyway, those games were super fun. The problem is that each of those games is basically identical to the previous one, so it's like. But I mean, There's it's all... been enough time. They've redone Battlefront, right? Done it weird twice, so right? Like, why not? Well, and they have space flight. Um, they they already have some of those mechanics in Battlefront. Like, it's an easy thing to do. Right, yeah. it's not like they're gonna have to completely start from scratch. That's why it's one of the things they should do. It's like Star Fox. I mean, how could you mess up Star Fox? Bum bum bum. Uh, all right, if I was EA trying to win the public back, I would give everybody free copies of Mass Effect trilogy on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And uh, when it comes to Anthem, I would really try to stick the landing because uh, I know gamers. I think pretty well at this point. And if Anthem was the best game ever and had, like, I don't know, if, if Anthem gave us that feeling we wanted from Andromeda, then we would pretty much buy as many fucking loot boxes as they put in front oh. of us. And that's the sad truth. And that's why EA will never learn, because gamers will never stop throwing money at dumb shit. Oh. All right. Trav, what would your New Year's resolution be if you were Nintendo trying to keep the Switch strong? And I think I might know the answer to this because it might have happened earlier today in a surprise Nintendo Direct. Uh, no, I mean, that's a good start, but I think that the main thing they need to do is, like, just improve the overall like features of the system. Like, we need to be able to do cloud saves, we need to be able to, like, take out the SD card of a Switch, put it in another Switch, and have it have our saves or, or our, like, downloadable games. Like, the fact that 
if if someone were to steal your Switch or something, you'd have to call Nintendo and maybe they could get your saves. <laughs> is a little ridiculous. And also, I've I've heard stories from people saying that they have been able to do that. Nintendo was a- actually able to get their saves, which means they are doing something with our saves. Like they're somewhere, we just can't access them ourselves. <laughs> they're not so much in the cloud as they are in the weather satellite, and it's mm-hmm. guarded by nuclear missiles like the one in Maximum Overdrive. Um, and then also stop putting motion controls in all the games. Unless see, they make sense. this is where I take issue, because I think motion control should be in every game. I think in Edith Finch, think how great um, that fish section would be with motion controls. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that would... Actually, that that is a good example of a game that could have used motion controls. Yeah, the motion controls would have put that game over the edge. Uh, so, Trav, don't play it. You're going to hit it. Um, all right, Paul, if you were trying to keep the Switch strong as Nintendo, the video game company, if, for those, if you're listening to the show for the first time, Nintendo makes video games. All right, Paul, go. All right, well, um, I agree with Trav on making just the Switch a little more functional. Um, Netflix needs to be on there. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of pathetic. Right. That's like a That's like back of the box. Also, Netflix, when you're out right. of room, and it just doesn't have it. So, I mean... The Switch has a lot of steam, but I think Nintendo needs to keep on coming with, um, you know, first-party exclusives and keep mm-hmm. getting other, um, the third parties to put out games on the Switch. Um, and the obvious thing I think they need to do is pull the Majora's Mask and put out another game using the Breath of the Wild engine because people will eat that up. I think that's a very smart idea. Imagine if they made one with good dungeons. Yeah, I mean, maybe do one that's more dungeon-focused, but the same. <laughs> that's a pretty solid burn from Tram. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like, maybe if they made a game of the year Put new better. stuff in the world. You're right. Put new it's... stuff in the world and make the dungeons better. Like, yeah. That would be I mean, better than Breath of the Wild. I really good, though. You gotta, I'm not saying take I, out I the prefer, shrines. I'm saying I, I prefer dungeons have to both. shrines any day. Actually, I, I, would, I would love both. Um, all right. If I was Nintendo... And I was trying to keep the Switch going strong. I think the most obvious answers are the ones they'll never give us. You know, a Pokemon uh, MMO, which they might be working on. But knowing their relationship with online, it's not going to be the way it should be. Right. It's not going to be World of Warcraft for the Pokemon. Um, Yeah, you'll need friend codes. You'll special Pikachu ear headset and all this nonsense. Um, Smash Brothers port for Switch is such a no-brainer. I mean, that has to be. I can't believe that hasn't arrived yet. Like, they must be saving that for a slow development month or something. Yeah, they must have stuff coming coming soon, and they're just waiting for a dry period to put that out. I mean, if that's not out by Christmas, I mean, it would be such an easy Christmas game, like a bundle. You know, I mean, give it, put a throw a controller in there. But I mean, I also, I also get the thought process of like, well, we have all this stuff coming. Let's right. wait until we until our games are like you know not quite coming out yet, and then we'll put it out, which will hold people over until Breath of the Wild two or whatever. Yeah, you're maybe. right. They didn't need to put it out this year because apparently their sales are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hope that Metroid Prime Four is good, but I mean that's still a long ways off. I'd love to see something special from that by the end of the year, though. Um, all right, Trav, if you were Sony and you wanted to keep winning the console wars, what would you do? Uh, I'd probably stop showing games as much as they are. That's one of the things that it, it just like they have a lot of good games coming out, but I feel so like bored by them because part of it is like their sequels and or like spiritual successors of stuff they've done before or reboots. But also like I feel like I've seen them for like 17 years now before they come out. Like I, how many times have they shown God of War in Detroit? 
Like, yeah, I don't need to see true. them that much. And then also, this is just a person. They should remaster Demon Souls, especially since they're taking it the servers offline. Yeah, put that thing smart. on PS4. That'd be good. That'd probably make a decent amount of money, I'd assume. Uh, all right. Uh, what about you, Paul? If you wanted to keep Sony winning, what would you do? I mean, Sony just needs to keep uh, investing in exclusive games like Horizon Zero Dawn and Nier Automata uh, because that's that's their bread and butter, and that's why they're kicking Microsoft's butt. As long as those games are coming, they're going to maintain it. So just keep t- keep doing what they're doing. All right. If I was Sony, my New Year's resolution would be to stick the landing with those major titles you got coming out. We are. I agree with Trav. It's kind of boring to know about their games so uh, far in advance because it's not exciting when you see them two E3s in a row. That's just the way games, you know, that's the development cycle thing. That's not quite the same as movies, so it can't build in the same way as movies. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing I feel about Anthem. It's like if God of War, if Spider-Man, if Days Gone, if Last of Us 2, if those games are all really good, then uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much hype was going into them because eventually they'll win out. I am a little bit worried, though, that the lack of hype will make, you know, maybe Spider-Man... No, actually, Spider-Man will sell, but maybe Days Gone is, like, really good, but nobody buys it. Yeah, I could see right. Days Gone being... Especially because Sony doesn't... Like, I don't have faith in their marketing department necessarily yeah. to, like, sell that game the way that it should. So, Days Gone sell will probably well if it was, like, if uh, you just space it far enough out from Last of Us 2. Right? I mean, at this rate... The only way Days Gone is going to sell like really good numbers is by word of mouth if it's like super polished and well made and fun, or comes out in the driest spell of all time. Um, all right, so Trav, if you were Microsoft and you wanted to beat Sony, what would your New Year's resolution be? Uh, I mean, kind of just keep doing what they're doing. Like they're slowly starting to like the 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 current like regime at Microsoft right now kind of got screwed by the previous one you know with the TV and the DVR and the Connect and all that other stuff like but I feel like they're finally starting to like write the ship kind of like they're they're doing what they need to do like they they put in the backwards compatibility stuff which like is not a huge deal for me but it seems like people really appreciate that and I think it's a cool thing to do for your fans um but yeah like keep doing what they're doing I don't know that they're necessarily ever going to catch up uh, anytime soon like maybe it'll be like a ps3 360 thing where ps3 caught up at the right at the very end of the cycle of the generation right. um xbox one could do that as well but uh but yeah i mean this could just lead them into like having momentum going into the next whatever the next thing is a generation or whatever they're gonna do that's an insightful answer i didn't consider it that well my answer is gonna seem very dumb in comparison all right paul what about you what would your new year's resolution be if you were microsoft well, it's either invent time travel so you can undo some of the decisions made by Xbox One early on. Um, but right. more realistically, uh, Trav's right. I mean, they're doing some really good consumer-friendly things. They're calling for cross-play. Um, the backwards compatibility program is super cool. And uh, from that perspective, I mean, the Xbox One X, no one's really that excited about it, but it is impressive. Um, but to me, the big thing they need to do is start getting more interesting exclusives. I mean, they have Halo, but Halo's not what it was. Uh, Forza's great, but it is a driving game. I mean, they don't have the cons- talking to Talking to Forza fans, like, namely John, and, and hearing him tell me stuff about what his friends are saying, it sounds like Forza 7 is not what they wanted. I have not played It's yet. been a bummer year for racing games in general. Yeah. Right. It, I mean, it just, it, it sounds, it seems like, from what he said, like, it, he plays it and everything, because he, he plays Forza no matter what, basically, but 
it seems like he doesn't like a lot of the practices and a lot of the stuff that they put in there, the way the game works and stuff. And he, he he's told me multiple times he has no idea what they're doing with that franchise. So right. that's bizarre. Maybe it'll become like Gran Turismo before you know it. Right. Um, also, uh, in terms of Microsoft, my, my New Year's resolution would be to take do something with Rare. Like I don't know necessarily what that thing is, but like I mean, you've had doing... it long enough, and you're not like using it correctly. I mean, they're making Sea of Thieves. Like... That yeah, but that's soon. not going to do well. I mean, Why? I mean, it might. I'm, it might I'm, do... in, I'm super interested. in I, Yeah, CDs. that's basically like the. It's like Pirate Destiny, right? But hopefully better. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Pirate Destiny. Yeah, because like like good. you can you like have a ship with your friends and you all have a job on the ship to crew it like to get it. I think you can play by yourself too, but like and then you like go <laughs> to islands fun. looking for buried treasure and stuff. And I think that's soon too. I think it's like March or something. Yeah. All right. I could well, be wrong. But... Make Sea of Thieves, I guess. But I would love to see. Um, even if they give the give it to another studio, I would love to see like them resurrect Perfect Dark in some amazing way Ooh, that sure. makes us That's, remember yeah. what Perfect Dark was all about when it started. And you know, just do something, do something traditional with Banjo and Kazooie. Do something like make some obvious decisions that they just haven't made. You know so, what I mean? So may, have them make Connect family games then. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want? All right, cool. Yeah, we'll yeah that's what I'm sure they'll get right wants. on that. I will say I hate the Connect um, yeah. as a thing. It's, I love I, the idea of full you, body I've never whatever. You've won, but that battle's over. Uh, do you have one, I, Paul, with your Xbox? Yeah, I, I have a day one, one Xbox. Um, I, I I bought mine with as soon as as soon as they unbundled them and I was able to buy one without Connect. I, that's when I bought my Xbox. You know. All right. Yeah. All right. Now we're uh, gonna do a little segment we like to call Big Trav's a Big News. So this is a. This is more of a resolution for, like, the world to make the world a better place, you know, in general. Um, so there was a Nintendo Direct today, this morning, um, and we're getting Dark Souls on Switch. And Hallelujah. it's, a, like, a remaster for PS4 and Xbox One as well. Um, I guess it's technically a remaster for Switch also, but, like, it's not going to run as well as, you know, the, the PS4 and Xbox One versions. <laughs> I but, thought you were about to say it's not going to run as well as the PS3 version. No, if it, I mean... <laughs> If it can run just like that version, as long as they keep the frame rate stable and it, and it's it, that'll be perfect. I That's think it'll fine. look a little bit better than the PS3 version. I mean, yeah. but the PS3 version of Dark Souls looks the PS4 version. pretty good. Like the style of that game carries a lot of it. So if, if now, they can just make Blight Town run solidly, I'll be fine. Now this is just kind of an aside, and I don't want to get you too sidetracked. But do you think that? Remember when you were watching me play Dark Souls 2 on stream and you were like pseudo helping me, pseudo laughing at my pain? Mm-hmm. I wasn't laughing at your pain. I, just, I wouldn't want somebody to tell me what was coming. But anyway. Go I know, but I would. Well, <laughs> I know. I'm a coward. Now we know. No, but that wasn't my point. My point was when you saw it, you saw it at like on PS4 for the first time and you're like, whoa, it looks weird. Like it was either the frame rate yeah, it's or a, it's the, the frame rate. The frame rate went to 60 on PS4 and it was... Uh, 30 on ps3 now i think i mean bloodborne looks amazing i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna lie with that and i haven't played dark souls 3 but do you think there's something about that slower frame rate that makes dark souls scarier i don't know if it makes it scarier i think it looks better like it looks more cinematic with the uh lower frame rate to me um i mean it plays better with the higher frame rate but it does i'm sure it, it, it looks it looks a little bit too smooth to me um, yeah, like I, I'm used to it now that I've played through Scholar of the First Sin and everything on PS4. Um, but like Bloodborne and, and Dark Souls Three don't run at sixty or anything. Dark Souls Two is the only one that runs at sixty, as far as I know. Oh, um, really? 
Yeah, because like Dark Souls Two, the only reason it runs at sixty is because it's a PS3 game on PS4. Because hmm. and like Bloodborne gets down to like, like Bloodborne doesn't have quite as many like bad frame rate drops as Dark Souls One, but it yeah, has I don't them here and there. Um, I mean, I think I do remember like hitting somebody with the chain and it would slow down a little bit. But yeah, but it's it's I, not unplayable or anything. Like thirty yeah. is fine for those games. <laughs> Literally I think, unplayable. But like, the, I know there are people that prefer sixty. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's more cinematic that it's thirty. I don't, but it's I'm fine either way as long as it plays like Dark Souls. Right. I'm fine. But yes, yeah, sorry to get you sidetracked. The big news is, I mean, I just think it's so cool. I mean, Paul, you haven't played Dark Souls. Yeah, are right? you finally going to play Dark Souls now that it's on Switch, Paul? Um, of course he is. So I, I was actually, like, I'm sitting here debating this question. I'm like, am I going to get the remastered version or a Switch? Um, I actually have the 360 version, which is mm. backwards compatible on my Xbox One. So that'll actually have a performance boost because that's what right. they do on all that. So um, I'm going to play the game. I, I could see me just getting it on Switch because I'm probably more likely to play it. I think my Xbox. If it makes you feel any better, Paul, I think I have like six copies of that game, and I still want to buy the remaster. (laughs) That I mean, aside from wait, 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 please listen to me. This is an important question. When Dark Souls comes out on Switch, say it's like an optimal port for Switch, you know, like as best as they could do with it. Which will be the best game on Switch then, Breath of the Wild or Dark Souls? Dark Souls. For me, like. It would be. I agree. <laughs> wow! Like, if they make I Breath mean, of the Wild, or if they make a sequel to Breath of the Wild with the same engine, and like I said, make the dungeons better and everything, then maybe and make the combat a little bit tighter. But right, I'm I'm more excited now about the mechanics of Breath of the Wild. But as an overall package, how it hangs together, Dark Souls, like, yeah. fuck yeah, especially On coming Switch. with our with the Artorias DLC and everything. Oh, like, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I don't. It's, it's, probably, it's probably good they're not adding in any weird shit because, like, the Dark Souls three DLC wasn't very good. So if they added one of those onto Dark Souls one, that probably wouldn't help. I'm excited anything. now. I can't wait for that shit. I'm I, I have a, I have a little bit of a dilemma. Like, I don't I don't know that I'll buy it day one, but I don't know what console I should get it for because like, Switch sounds fun, but also I kind of want to see what it looks like on PS4. Trophies I think you and, should get it on PS4 because you will want. Even just from hearing you now, it sounds like you would probably want the optimal remastered experience, like yeah. it looking at its best. Whereas the, I would want uh, the portability of having. Right. It on I also Switch would really love to I play with a Switch Pro controller, though. Like that sounds fun. Yeah, that would be really nice um, too. And then that I controller also, is good. I they're calling it Dark Souls Remaster. The box art looks really cool. The trailer for it was really cool too. I thought the music that plays when it, when it comes up on the screen was very cool. Um, I did see somebody on YouTube saying they should have called this Dark Souls Rekindled, which I think would have been exactly. very cool as well because it would fit yeah, in with the cool with the way the game the story of the game. Um, uh, we got some other things from the direct though, didn't we? Oh there yeah, yeah. Like we got other... so we got the world ends with you is coming to Switch, which is cool for me because I've always heard great things about that game, but I've never. I have it, it on DS. I've only mm-hmm. played a little of it, but it is really really cool. That's a, yeah. a great idea for a port. Yeah, so that'll be cool. It's, it's they, when they said it in the trailer ten years later, I was like, holy shit, man! Like. That's I saw lots of people. The internet seemed pretty buzzed about that one. Um, yeah, I'm not, be, I, I, a great thing. I, I hadn't even heard of it, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. So, yeah, I, I remember when that game came out and hearing a lot of buzz about it. We're getting uh, what is this? Ease eight. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ease. Ease. I don't know how you say it, but yeah. Um, Hyrule Warriors on Switch, which I probably still won't play that. Um, Tropical Freeze. We're getting on Switch, which is good. Too bad I have it on Wii U, or I'd probably buy it on Switch. 
Um, Mario Tennis. Yeah. What's it called? Ace? Mario Tennis Aces, which I'm super excited. I love the Mario, or not Mario 64, the Nintendo 64 Mario Tennis was, like, super fun. And um, I'm actually excited to see what they do with motion controls on that. Didn't didn't they make a, a... a Mario Tennis game a couple years ago on Wii U that wasn't very good. Uh, I remember something like that. There was one of the more recent ones. The more like recent Mario Golfs and Tennises haven't been as well received, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Any more Because I know Mario there. Golf on 3DS was supposed to be pretty good, but I think it was Wii U had uh, tennis and it wasn't good, but hmm. hopefully they do better with this one. I, uh, I, as just another side note, I was thinking about it today because they, they showed some Kirby footage too from the new Kirby game. Um, oh, right, right. For Switch, right? And I was thinking, is this is this true? Kirby is the only major Nintendo character without a classic game? As far as like, like Super like, Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong Country 1? Like, no, like, uh, like a game that's like an all time classic. Like with uh, Mario, you have your options. Zelda, you clearly have your options. Super Metroid or Metroid Prime, Star Fox sixty four, like I can't. I Kirby, can, right? What's what's the definitive Kirby game? I don't know. Does F Zero have one? All Kirby games feel like they are an eight out of ten and pretty okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them have prettier artwork than the others. I've I've heard, I played a little of the Planet Robobot demo, which is the newest one on three DS, and that was pretty fun. But like, I feel like the basic mechanics of Kirby, like. The way he moves, it just, it's so slow for modern gaming. Yeah. Sure. I mean, Kirby's always been, like, like not easy, but and, like, I don't have that much experience with Kirby, but he's always struck me as, like, a easier platformer. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a platformer where you can fly over all obstacles. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, Trev. Uh, so this one, I think I probably know the least about this one, but uh, we have the whole Logan Paul situation a disgrace right. to anyone bearing yeah. the name paul change your name dude you're fucking change done. your name so um, he was he was in is it was he in japan is that where he was he was at the suicide forest in japan right the place that's like known for uh suicide you know, people killing themselves yeah. yeah uh they did that natalie dormer movie about the place which i think was also supposed to be disrespectful but logan paul who's like uh i guess a youtube celebrity he uh, he basically went to the forest and was trying to film what he saw, and he saw a dead body, and he like filmed him. He filmed the body and uploaded it and put it on his YouTube channel. Just a person who had killed themselves, and like Seemed didn't pretty recent get too, right? Yeah, didn't get why it was <laughs> not the appropriate response. Right, he was just basically, and then he's like, he has this answer that was like. Uh, oh, but I was trying to draw awareness to it. And it's like, no, man, because awareness drawing is nobody's first move. They're either, they're like trying to raise money for something. Like, unless you're saying you want to raise awareness for yourself, like, I would believe that. No, and, like, and he it like totally, like, was, he was totally promoting uh, it, apparently, on his webpage. And then the other thing is, I, I, I had no clue who this guy was, but like, his entire like trip to Japan is just like him being a dick to random people right. on the streets. Of his shtick is that he's an asshole. So the fact that he did this is on brand. But at the same time, you know, do we really need this brand? No. Well, what's for, I mean, he got like half a million new subscribers apparently, but YouTube did finally 
um, remove him from like preferred ads and did some other things. Um, I, I'm not familiar with all that. Maybe one of you guys know. So he's actually facing some consequences finally. But right. I saw he got he's... a strike on his channel, but I didn't see much more than that, which that seems kind of like a slap uh, on the wrist. Well, YouTube didn't yeah. even remove the video. Like he finally removed it after he got enough like pushback. But yeah, they did some things that'll um, influence the amount of income he can make negatively off of YouTube, mm. which. Right. And I mean, I think in general, it's like he's going from being one of the promoted premier partners for their YouTube Red stuff, being like an actual YouTube celebrity, like paid by the company to being somebody they're probably going to throw under the bus at the earliest availability. So not good for him, but he fucking deserves it because what the fuck were you thinking? I mean, what's the easiest way to write off the it's just like complete self-serving behavior you know, it's like, look at this insane thing. It's like something that he didn't understand, and he's using somebody else's death. He's using a person's death to promote himself. Pretty fucking... In a in a really one-to-one way. It's not like he did it, you know... Yeah, it's it, it was just... Secretly. There was no semblance of good judgment or taste or anything on his part. Right. Like, you know, you'd think at some point uh, some sort of, like, light bulb would have went off and been like, Maybe I shouldn't air this or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if he yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just he's too stupid. Um and and Trav, you said you read that PewDiePie was like if he doesn't get punished then my show should come back or some shit like that, right? Yeah, I like mean, that's... I didn't have a quote or anything. It was just in in the bottom of the story I read was PewDiePie was saying that if Logan Paul <laughs> doesn't get like punished, then they should let him air the second season of his show or whatever cuz he got like delisted from YouTube Red or whatever because of his because uh, he's a racist he piece of trash. Paid, he paid some yeah. people to go and like wave. Well, and then he said the N word, right? Wasn't that his thing? I don't remember. Yeah. He's, that was I mean, that was after who's that. Who's PewDiePie? Though. It's been so long. Um, yep, sorry guys, you're flashing the pans. You're fucked up. Um, but uh, yeah, they just sound like children to me. Insofar as they're like, well, he got away with it. What about me? It's like, yeah, can it just, you, it can just you guys? Dumb. But I mean, what can you say? This is, these are people who have been raised on the fact that whatever they do only makes them more popular. So no wonder they're going to feel hashtag entitled. Um, all right, Trev. Uh, uh, so we're going to do a segment inside of a segment. What? what? It's in segmentception. Um, so we're going to do some, uh, it's overtime. It's overtime. Okay, so so last night was the first match of the Overwatch League. It was the yes, yes. Dallas Fuel versus the Soul Dynasty. Is that right? I think that's right. Um, what? That was the, is that the one we watched? That, yeah, that's no? the one you watched. Oh, that was the last was, of how the three many matches? matches. Yeah, there were three three matches. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, was, I was at work, so oh, I only got to see the But you saw the, the third match. You yeah, I got to see one. the end of the Dallas Fuel versus Seoul Dynasty, which ended in a draw in their last match, but Seoul still won because it was 2-1, to one, I guess. Which is weird. Why would they play? It seems weird that they would play four games to decide a winner. Yeah, I don't understand yes. this. That happened in our or the first one that we watched too. Yeah, I think it's like my guess is it's like an overall number of points to yeah, decide it, the it season is. or something. Right. But it so. should it shouldn't be that way. If they're trying to make it like real sports, it should be best of how many cuz like I think the fundamental logic flaw there is Overwatch itself and its control maps has, you know, best of how many. 
So right. the fact that the metagame about the sport of Overwatch doesn't use that rule kind of loses. I mean, like, it, it still resulted in a winner. It was just that Seoul won uh, two and Dallas won one and then they tied in the end. So so Seoul won. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of anticlimactic because it was a really good match. And it was just kind of anticlimactic to just have it pop on screen be like, draw. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> I guess. And then, like, the Seoul guys didn't look, like, super jazzed. and then dallas of course you know they lost so they were annoyed but there was a Uh, there was a really cool i think i mentioned this to you guys uh at one point i think i don't remember which which side was which but uh tracer was on like the top of this bridge and and winston jumped over the bridge to get to the other side and tracer stuck him with a pulse bomb as he was like flying over the bridge and killed him it was really cool that's awesome so so paul and i were on skype and we watched like the first uh, match which was Los Angeles Valiant versus San Francisco Shock. I want to say. Did Houston play last night? Do you guys know? I don't think they did. No, the second because match was, was the other Shanghai versus LA, right? Okay. Uh, Gladiators versus right. whatever Shanghai is. Uh, snakes, I think, or something. It was like a snake shaped vipers, dragons, Shanghai, yeah, Shanghai dragons. dragons. One of them, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but I think there are twelve teams in total, and then right. there's. Only six played last night. Um, anyway, we watched the first one, and it was really fun. I I think that uh, there were a couple things I would say about the presentation that I would change, which is just that there should be a pre-show, and which is just people either talking or playing Overwatch yeah, or discussing And it should tactics. be the entitled gamer. So, Blizzard, if you're yeah, hearing this, uh, we're available. <laughs> um, contact me. I'll negotiate it for you guys. Yeah. I'm sure they want I'm, I'm going to sit in on those meetings, okay? Because Paul is not an entertainment lawyer. <laughs> It'll, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, we would be we would happily do that. We were sitting there watching. And, and to be fair, everyone did a really good job. Right. My favorite person was the girl who was, like, the page for the players and just, like, stood behind and was in every shot, like, being super, like, Disney polite. Like, where she was, like, one of those people at the Arclight in Los Angeles who, like, leads you to your seats so, and does the pre-show so, warm-up. Right. So, sure, you and I were talking, and we're, like, the, the arena they have is really cool. Like, if it wasn't... Beautiful, beautiful. If it wasn't in L.A., I was like, man, that would actually be really cool to go watch there with the crowds. Yeah, I know. I was like, the first time I've actually... Or one of the few times I've actually missed Los Angeles was like when I was like, oh, I would love to go to but, one of these things because the arena is so cool. But it seems um, so obvious to me. Like, the, Overwatch does not need cheerleaders, but why the heck do they not have cosplayers in there, like, in the team colors, behind the teams, like... As and, or yeah, as dressed like a widowmaker and a Hanzo, or and, like and yeah, I mean they don't have to all be girls either. No, that's but like right. they the the one thing that the arena lacks is it lacks character in a uh, it, it's very professional, it's very sports like, but it lacks um, Overwatch is brimming with personality, and you don't see the faces of any of the characters or anything that's emblematic of them. And it's almost uh, the whole thing. The, the arena is like almost too sleek, like. Overwatch is very yeah, bright stark. and colorful and playful, and the arena is like super sleek, professional. You know, yeah, it looks it looks like an esports arena. Like yeah. it's, it's beautiful, it's perfectly done. But this is Overwatch. Like they I own should, it, you know, they should put screens in front of the players facing the crowd, showing which character they're playing. Do they do they have anything like that? I only saw the arena like once. I think I they think do they that. Do okay. they? Yeah, they have something like, on the um the. Like, the teams are, like, on those, like, pedestals above, and I think there's something right. 
like they display the character they picked underneath uh, the pedestal okay. if i if i'm remembering so i will right. say the direction of the cutting together and like the aerial views and like how they do that thing that is an incredibly difficult thing to orchestrate that's like the most insane never been done before live show and it's seen they did a great job with that so power to them i'm excited to see what happens i was like totally not hyped for it, and then i watched it and i was like this is great i will say the one big flaw of it is like it's uh it's not like when you're watching football on sunday you're like eh, that's great but I'll, I'll just go play madden but that's there is sort of that fact in there right it's like because we you know, love to like, play overwatch <laughs> yeah at some point i'm like I'd, i've watched enough overwatch i want to play it which is the thing of you know esports but it was still fun and uh, Paul put it best when he said, they're not doing anything different than we're doing. They're just better. Right. <laughs> right. Well, um, it, I noticed that um, we all play on PS4, and the difference I noticed was on the movement, and you could totally the tell the, tra- oh, the tracking, so and especially just even how they just moved on PC um, was completely different. But yeah. The tracers and the Genjis were so key and their tracking of shots yeah. it was really impressive i will say i wonder um, how easy it would be to follow if you have no clue what overwatch is because like i yeah, feel I was like they did John about that a bit i feel like they the announcers were doing a fairly good job of like trying to both describe what was going on and explain the game but i was yeah. like man if i didn't play overwatch i don't know like i think i would have been completely lost I think I think if you get hung up on the mechanics of each individual character, it would be incredibly confusing. Right. And if you were watching Tracer, they'd be like, "I don't know what's going on." But I think they did a great job when they like walked you through the map. They're like, that they was have super to go through cool. this whole map yeah. and go through. And I, when I was watching it, I'm like, "This is so slow." But it's like if I was watching these maps for the first time, if I was like a gamer, like I don't know if non-gamers can understand it. I don't know if non-gamers are even supposed to. But uh, I feel like the only crossover non-gamer fans you might get are just people who really want to find new stuff to gamble on um but i thought uh you know if you were a gamer who's just like oh i like gaming i haven't done it in a while and then you saw this that sort of walkthrough is like okay i can follow that they just need to get the payload from there to there you know what i mean no and it was that's that's easy enough it was also interesting for me because the announcers were talking about the choke points and we're talking about which choke points were effective at high level play and not um, which actually was really funny because in the last match I watched, um, they were like, oh, the, nobody ever holds this ch- choke point. And then the team held that choke point. And they're like, wow. It, so it was it was interesting to me. But like you're saying, I don't know if you don't play the game. I just I don't know how much appeal it's going to have. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll be a super appealing. But like if like if it's a payload map, you're just like, hey, they're trying to get this car from here to there. Right. Like yeah. you could get the general gist of it. I don't know if, if it would be entertaining to people that don't know anything about overwatch it probably wouldn't but i I feel like the mechanics (laughs) of just the objective is simple enough for people to get like not the characters but you know right just the just the general objective of the point like people could probably get that pretty quickly well i'm yeah i I would hope so they're they're betting on it right because what what trav how much did they end up paying for the rights to stream oh yeah uh twitch twitch uh bought the rights uh for 90 million Wow, that's crazy. That's a crazy amount of money. Um, I mean, they had a lot of viewers last night when I got on, and it was already like eleven thirty yeah. at night. So, I mean, they played all night, so it's like every time zone could enjoy it. Mm. So it was cool. I mean, do you guys know what the watch... format's supposed to be? Like, when's when are they supposed to do the other six teams? So I think there's basically three days of matches a week, mm-hmm. um, and then the overall point standings 
um, determine playoffs, and I don't know if it's the top four or top six that start the playoffs. And okay. I don't know <laughs> when that is, but that's cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, still in Overwatch, we got a Mercy and Junkrat nerf is coming pretty soon. Should hit live, I would assume, any day now. Um, so Mercy's getting seriously hurt by this, right? Yeah, That's the big news. They're trying to make her, which I kind of like because you know I, I love Mora and I love I love pretty much all the supports. <laughs> I just can't play Symmetra. Um, and right. and at this at this really point in time, you have to play Mercy. Uh, yeah. There has to be a Mercy on your team, and if there's not, you're probably going to lose because at that point it becomes an eight on six, yeah. more or less. Well, it's it's you're not if the other team also doesn't have an mercy right if, then if you're the other fine team has a mercy, if you yeah. both agree to play lucius but if you're both if one is running mercy they do have a but if the other advantage. team doesn't have a mercy the first thing i'm going to say is hey we should get a mercy and roll them yeah. i think like, right mercy was i think the only consistent pick i saw every single team in every single match doing mm-hmm. last night which is no surprise right now so so what's happening to junkrat specifically do we know uh, i think his the mind damage the mind, falls off yeah i think i think that's the big one is that the mind damage falls off which like um, I also think that they could probably do something with his bombs damaging himself because I'm getting kind of sick of him just like running into a corridor and then just having bombs all over the place and having there be no like I don't know like I, I just wish that there he had to be more aware of his surroundings and I I know the character's supposed to be ridiculous and just kind of do I whatever, think but... self damage is stupid and it should not be in the game I don't think it should be like he gets hit with a bomb or two and dies. I just think that I don't think Pharaoh should take damage from rocket blasts. And I don't think soldiers should take it from. I don't. I, yeah. I don't. I think that's stupid. It just it doesn't serve any function. Well, I mean, if you're like being, if you're like uh, poking your head out to like shoot, and you like poke your head out but not enough, and shoot a helix rocket into the wall, like it's not like a game breaker if it wasn't there it's just you know but i also don't think it, it ruins anything specifically for soldier or farah that it doesn't ruin themselves. anything but it doesn't add or change anything you screwed well, I mean, up like, either way but now like you're taking Farrah, extra damage farah killing herself with an ult is pretty funny and like right and, but it yeah but it doesn't benefit there's no i mean they took it out for diva Junkrat doesn't do it like it's just inconsistent and sure. it doesn't make any sense i mean farah's ult is pretty easy to stop as it is you know what I mean? Like sure. I just think it's stupid in general. Um, but the 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 way that they're nerfing Mercy is they are moving the time for Valkyrie from twenty seconds to fifteen seconds. Okay, that makes they sense. They are. Uh, it no longer gives you an extra charge of Resurrect. Ooh, that's big. Um, it will still. Yeah. Uh, I think it slows her down by fifty percent. I couldn't tell if it was slowing her her total speed down or just her speed when she uses Guardian Angel, um, which is where you know she flies to the person right. um and then her res is no longer instant while using valkyrie so basically valkyrie I does think nothing that's for res the biggest one anymore. yeah um and valkyrie is now mostly going to be used for big pushes or big holds you know for like healing and damage output because you know it still does a thing where it spider webs to everyone um right so it, it puts it more in line with like zen's ult um it's just longer and not quite as fast but i still think she'll be picked a lot like she's still a good hero she can still res but this puts her more this makes it it less of a like automatic loss if you don't have her which is good right at the end of the day as much as fun is is, you know as much as i love playing her the way she is right now like she's completely overpowered right now um and then also uh i just saw this i think last night jeff kaplan is hinting that there might be an Overwatch or uh, Overwatch. There might be a Hanzo rework 
in like their I've, work. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too. He's been hinting at that for a little so bit. So is he going to yeah. show so. both nipples instead of just one? Like, what are we talking about here? No, I, oh. <laughs> I think we're just talking about Scatter Arrow, Paul. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, it seems it's like it seems like want. the Scatter Arrow specifically is uh, the thing that they're looking at, <laughs> which I get. Like, like Hanzo needs to have Scatter Arrow. If he didn't have Scatter Arrow, he would be completely useless. Right, but it doesn't. Um, like when you're playing against a Hanzo, like. It, 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 and they're not super great, but you keep getting killed by random scatter arrows that aren't good plays. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel great. Yeah, and like my whole thing is like I'm kind of okay with it because I don't need every character to feel great when they kill you. It's like you died. But like the reason, the fact that they took out Roadhog's combo and then left in Hanzo's scatter arrow, and they're like, oh, the the Roadhog combo doesn't feel good. Like, if, if that's their whole thing, is that they want everything to feel good, then, yeah, they need to fix Scatter Arrow. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. And then, so, also, we, along with this Overwatch League update, there is an Overwatch League, like, storefront type thing in Overwatch now. Yeah, where you can all buy, the characters have, like, skins and stuff. Yeah, it's like jerseys, basically, teams. kind of. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the way they look when they're playing in Overwatch League, um, which I really like that they did that. I think that's cool that they gave them all their own colors and everything. Yeah, um, that is cool. You get. I think if you log in between like now and like February or something, you get a hundred. Uh, you get enough tokens. Tokens, which is enough to buy. Which is enough one. for one one uh, skin. Um, but they're like five bucks otherwise, right? Yeah, that's, that's like the thing. Deal. There's no other. There's no way to get them except for buying the tokens, and which is, it's kind of shitty, but it's whatever. You know, it's it, they're just right. skins. Like it's it, yeah, it's not exactly. as bad as Battlefront or anything. Like it's kind of shitty you can't win them other ways like i think they could come up with cool fun ways to get them like through the, watching overwatch league or something like i think that, <laughs> that would be smart but sure but you know but whatever um the thing that that i think is kind of actually shitty is that i looked at the price of the tokens and it's five dollars for a hundred of them which is enough for one skin yeah so they're seems... basically selling you an overwatch skin which is not like a legendary skin it's not a gold skin or anything it's just a recoloring of their regular skin for five dollars which yep. that just seems ridiculous i mean i don't know i looked at them and it's kind of cool when like in overwatch league they they all have consistent color schemes but like i don't feel like there's skins that i would like really want unless i got like super invested into one team so sure right. i mean i'm not, I'm not saying I, I like want all of them i'm just saying i, I think they're like grossly overpriced yeah I, like, I agree i think somebody did the math and said if you granted this is ridiculous why would you do this but if you wanted all skins for all players from overwatch league, it'd be like twelve thousand dollars i thought it was 1200 but either way it's or 1200 ridic- i'm sorry it's, it, yeah ridiculous so yeah yeah hopefully people don't buy them and they drop down the price or give you other ways to make tokens so it's a little more reasonable i just think I that they should put it in to a me different it's way like a golden gun tokens. it's like if you even care about overwatch league which there's no guarantee that you do and you really love one team, then buy it for your favorite character or get it free from their thing. Right. But like, it's not a necessity and they aren't, it's not like they're putting a paywall up for like a new amazing Mercy skin or Widow skin or something like that. So if, to me, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. This doesn't really affect me. Sure. I just, yeah. I, I just think like this is like for, for them, like, like it's not a big deal, but if, if they did this, if they start doing this with, like, regular skins, like, what if they make a bunch of money off this and they're like, oh, we can sell these skins and overprice them, then they're going to do that with regular skins, too. Or they could. They could look at it and Activision could come and be like, hey, you guys, you should do this. And, you know, it's just like I, – I also think, like, I would I would maybe throw in five bucks if it got me five skins. 
for yeah. a team that I like or something. That's, like I feel like they make more money. Point. Right. But it's not the end of the world. Like they're just they're just like I said, they're just recolorings, like whatever. Um It should be you get a skin for a buck and then if you spend five bucks you can get a full six skins or something. Six skins, yeah. yeah. I think I I just think that would be more they I think at the end of the day they probably make more money that way. But that's just me. Um so I think that's pretty much it, unless you guys have other Overwatch news that I'm not aware of. I can't no, that's think it. Of Go back to regular news. Um, okay, so let's end our Inception style <laughs> thing. Our Overwatch inside a turducken inside a big yeah. draft's big news. Is the top sp- still spinning? <laughs> <laughs> that came on TV the other day. That's funny. John was watching that when I came home the other day. Um, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, so... Still on microtransactions. Uh, we got uh, apparently microtransactions on PC bring three times the revenue of full game sales. This is off Which is, of that's crazy. Um, oh, man. I mean, it kind of makes sense if you think about it because, like, the people that play League of Legends or Dota 2 or Heroes of the Storm, those are free games, so they didn't pay for them. And then also, uh, right, yeah. in Dota 2, you don't buy characters in Dota 2, but they do sell you a lot, like, a lot of stuff, like a lot of cosmetic stuff. Yeah, I mean, so and, this is definitive proof. PC gamers are not smarter than console gamers. And I, and I think, and, and I've, I've felt this way too. Um, I can't speak for one, anyone else, but for me, like, if I get a game for free and I'm really enjoying it, I will throw them a couple bucks because I feel like yeah, I'm absolutely. enjoying their game. Um, and like, and then you also have League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm, where you literally can just buy heroes, right? Um, with real money, right? So right. I think I'm, I'm. I'm I don't know that much about League of Legends or really even Heroes of the Storm. I've played a little bit of Heroes of the Storm. I'm almost positive there are ways to get both of those without spending money to get heroes in both those yeah. games. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not 100% sure, especially on League of Legends, but I'm pretty sure there is. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a little, like, three times the revenue is a lot, like, of to, to base against full game sales. But I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense with with how many people play free-to-play games on, on uh PC. Yeah, and it doesn't yep. include um, like DLC sales or anything, too. Mm. Like, I, like the full game sales do get a big boost when they when you right, include DLC the, and sure. additional content like that. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's still pretty surprising. But yeah, I mean, that's the direction everything's moving right. in now. You know, games as a service and all that stuff. Um, Apple is now requiring absolute boxes to disclose their odds, which is good, I guess. Doesn't affect me because I don't play games on my phone. But never tell me the odds. Um. No, I. I mean, this is obviously a good consumer friendly move. I think mm-hmm. you know if you're playing. That's a what they game, want you to think, Paul. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> if you're Apple. playing a game and you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this five dollar loot box or whatever it is because I really want this one skin. I should know if it's like I have a fifty percent chance of getting that or a point oh five percent chance. Like sure. So okay. I think that's. When you fair. go to a slot machine, do you know that? No slot. Uh, don't th- don't they a lot of times have the like one in whatever? Uh, on slot slot machines? machines actually do show the odds. I think they have to. Really? Yeah, huh. they'll have like oh this is like one in a hundred or whatever. Uh, it, yeah, I don't think they show you percentages, but they show you like you know one out of a hundred thousand or something. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually wonder like. I could see some like um, developer being like, "Well, we'll we'll boost the odds on the App Store where we have to disclose it, but they'll actually be different on the Google." Yeah, like I could totally mm-hmm. see that. It wouldn't be hard. It's inevitable. So yeah, for sure. No, hopefully Google. Follows, I also saw that follow suit. PUBG, I think, showed their odds recently, like yesterday or something. And I, I want to say the the one that struck me the most was it was like a camouflage 
ski mask or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was something camouflage. And uh, it was, I think, point four point zero four percent something like that it was like a ridiculously low <laughs> wow drop rate um but i guess at least they told people um next thing we got is apparently uh gaming addiction is now considered a mental illness is that right it's recognized yeah now. it's like there there's scientists who are trying to get it specifically added as its own type okay. of like uh addiction basically so, so it's like like gambling addiction or alcoholism, like right. gaming addiction is its so own. So can I call in sick condition. to work and be like, <laughs> I you guys know I struggle with video game addiction and I'm just gonna need time <laughs> off tomorrow to play more. Video I mean, can you call call you call into work and be like, I can't go to work today. I've got sex addiction and our receptionist is hot. Yeah, I mean that's that's actually the point. I was gonna make the point with sex addiction. I was gonna make it with something else, but that's yeah. <laughs> but you fucking give it a try, Paul, and see what happens. Let us know. Yeah, Paul, you sick pervert. Um, you guys are just trying to get me in trouble. Yeah, you're your own yeah. boss, Paul. We know you're the the main lawyer at your firm. Yeah, that's um, the sitcom I write in my head too. So this is one of the like saddest, worst like gaming related things I've seen. Um, oh, this was really messed well, I can't up. Yeah. The swatting, yeah, incident. Like I, I don't see like. These people need to be charged with something. So, yeah, back and, up. Explain what happened. If you can. So, apparently, I, I, I read this. Uh, some of this news is from back before even we did our Game of the Year episode because we didn't do news then, really. Um, it was but, like an argument online or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like a, two Call of Duty players on the same team, I want to say. Two Call like of Duty players were playing ago, a money match, and they, yeah. they got it, it was like a dollar money match too like the yeah it's the amount of controversy and then um they were like fighting or not i mean yes you kill each they were just arguing because they lost or something right and so one of them sent the other one his quote-unquote address as if to say dox me or swat me i don't i don't care and then that player sent it to another dude who's known for the swatting which is apparently a thing where you call someone uh you call bomb threat or something you say oh yeah. this person has a, someone they're holding them hostage at this site and the police send the SWAT team so they did that um and the the, the SWAT team goes into this place thinking that there's a host- oh, also they just i don't think they sent a SWAT team for this one it was just regular police officers oh well from what i remember oh, all right. right so anyway the guy had to use the cops show up he used a fake address some completely different dude, not involved in this at all, opens the door, he's complying with all instructions, and he, like, makes a movement that's maybe towards his waistband and gets shot and killed. And obviously the cops should not have shot and killed the unarmed dude and all of this. Yeah. But, and, but at least it's an isolated incident, and there have been no others exactly like it yeah not exactly like it but memory. i mean this is the, this is the kind of thing that people <laughs> yeah it was were, a different house yeah but like we're it was saying a different people have been saying house. this is going to happen for like ever since this since swatting started people are like this is going to happen someone's going to die it's a meme did. it's like, self-fulfilling prophecy people don't do it because it's the smart no, right, right thing to do people do it because they've heard other people do it well and the, and the one guy's like oh i'm not responsible i didn't shoot the guys like well you fucking put them in a dangerous situation and also like yeah. like you know, you sent the cops like bad shit can happen. You're completely fucking. How could you defend yourself in that situation? You're like directly responsible. So they mm-hmm. they did track. They do have a suspect who's been arrested. 
um, on all this, which is good because a like don't waste the cops' time on this bullshit. Like there are actual crimes there that they need to be investigating or people to be helping. But like this is also not a fucking prank. Like why the fuck would you do this? It's not funny. And that's from a lawyer. So yeah, listen up, kiddos. Also, it's illegal. You're they will hunt you down. They hunted down this kid online, and he's not he's dead now he's he could be he could be <laughs> you don't know i mean yeah he fucking killed himself in the suicide forest full circle Ugh. all right moving on yeah uh so but yeah super fucked up um back to happier news i guess uh <laughs> yeah, back to happier news Catherine's getting remade <laughs> for ps4 and vita um they are adding a third Catherine, which her name is uh, what do Catherine? they call her? No, I mean her name's Catherine, but she called. They call her Ren or something. Oh, that's like her nickname. Yeah. Um, and I, and I didn't, like... I didn't get this from all from the trailer, but apparently some people said the trailer implies that she's a trans woman. Is that right? I th- yeah. I... They say that they think she is because of like different ways. That there's like an implication that she could be. Mm. There's no reason to believe that she is not. But I. I thought it was pretty loose evidence. She still could be. I don't even I know that I saw like, that part because I think I only watched like half the trailer. I was like, "Yep, this looks like Catherine." Turned it off. So the implication is that basically Vincent, the main character from Catherine, mm. sleeps with a a trans woman and then is horrified by the fact that uh, you know it, this person has a penis. I guess so. It sounds like they're handling uh, it with grace. Yeah, and and not cartoonish anime comedy. Yep. yep. Um. So yeah, I mean. This is a complicated uh, issue insofar as not everybody in the world or in America is comfortable around the idea of trans people, let alone the people trans people. I mean, there's that whole bathroom controversy that Mm -hmm. rocked Congress. So it's like, for whatever reason, this is still being debated. And uh, my personal take on it is just like, I mean, it's not really debated. It's just like, this makes me uncomfortable or this doesn't make me uncomfortable. But I don't... um, I think this is going to make me sound really unpopular. So, you know, get, hold me back verbally, Paul. But stop. I think that, like... Like, if okay. you preface something like that, just stop. I, all I'm going to say is that, like, uh, you know, trans people are people and should be treated with the same respect as Right, people. and I, I but, think the concern is, like, you guys, like, you... I don't necessarily trust that the game's going to handle this in a mature way if that is in fact but i also i think i think that's also my other problem with it it's like every time a game comes out and it's like super japanese and quirky and it feels like it has cultural touch points that don't necessarily line up with what we think in america for example in persona when you do well in school it makes your classmates like you more whereas in america it does not right. <laughs> well i mean it depends different. it depends but i mean the idea of being super nerdy is not necessarily uh, you know, or at least in the past when I was growing up, being nerdy made you unpopular. Um, that's that's my, you know, what I'm trying to say is that, like, it even if you're 100% on board with, like, like, liberalism to the core and, you know, super equality, everybody's voice matters and deserves to be heard unless, you know, they cross some line and then they get put to death. I don't know what the deal is. But, like, the, my point is, it's weird to me to be like, why isn't this Japanese game, a game that's like really mired in Japanese culture, by the way, and is a purely Japanese endeavor. I mean, it's coming to the U.S. 
it's like why isn't it holding it up to my specifications on an issue that is still like half of america is still like um i don't want to say conflicted yeah conflicted about america is still conflicted about this so it's it's one of those like it's one of those i'm a liberal but sometimes liberalism rubs me the wrong way and this is one of those things and i feel like the way there are so many problems in america right now that like I, I'm like, I 100% believe that trans people deserve to use whatever bathroom they want and deserve res- respect and love and whatever. But I also feel like if if you're going to be like, if this makes you uncomfortable, you're just fucking wrong, then it's going to just continue. It's never going to get better. Because, like, I'm in rural Ohio now, and I feel like like the the gay pride atmosphere i i i enjoyed so well <laughs> you know, that's what i was gonna say when i lived in los angeles it was you know i lived right in west hollywood at one point at least it's just like you take gay pride for a a given in that environment and not that you know uh, lgbt is all equatable necessarily they're different experiences but what i'm what i'm trying to say is that like i'm i'm in a much more conservative atmosphere now and it is a reminder to me that just because someone hasn't come around to an idea yet doesn't mean they're a monster. It just means they might be incredibly sheltered or have a very closed-minded worldview. And so this this impulse by liberalism to jump into shaming mode for everybody who hasn't come to their like newly formed opinions is, I think, a reason that some people really hate liberals. Sure. Um, I, and, people and, should and have I, more conversations and less like yelling at each other. Yeah. And, and and not just that, like this jumping to conclusions of like, well, you're just a monster then if you don't agree with this. And it's like this game isn't out yet. There's no. It's not confirmed that this person is trans. Let's like wait to see. Sure. Right. If it's bad, then let's talk about that and have a discussion about it. But like, if it's just you jumping to conclusions to wave your I'm the truest liberal flag. Because, like, these, our values change and shift and evolve. And, like, I mean, <laughs> we've gone from a society that kicked Ellen off the air from being for being gay to having her have one of the most successful shows on television. And that's, like, 10, 15 years. Like, we've, we've changed a lot. So, like, let's, I, I just hate all of this. Like, you're not where I am yet? It's, like, uh, it drives me fucking crazy. Um, anyway, back to gaming stuff. All right, so Switch, fastest-selling home console ever. I forget. Was that uh, only in North America or was that worldwide? Uh, in the United States so far, over the first 10 months, it's sold more than any other console did in the okay. United States. Um, That's crazy. They're Great. Even I mean, the SNES Classic. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's great. I'm, you know, hopefully they can keep it up. Like, I'm a little worried about their second year. Um, I think we are all up, but Zelda and Mario came out. And <laughs> yeah, it's like what are they going to do? And those are the two big guns. But you know, mm-hmm. Nintendo Direct—they've got more stuff in the pipeline than I thought yeah. they might have. Dark so. Souls, yeah. Dark Souls will hold them over for six years, and then Zelda will come out again. Um, I mean, th- this is just like for them to to keep this momentum going. I feel like they're going to need to break their like rule of every new game needs to be a whole new thing and super weird and like. They're gonna need to make a Majora's Mask with with Breath of the Wild. I mean, they made Splatoon too. This this yeah, console, I guess that's true. This that's console horrible. cycle seems like the like the uh, I don't know what the generation of half steps. I mean, graphically, the Switch is a half step better. It's pretty much just a revised concept of the Wii U. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's that much more powerful than the Wii U. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it feels like, but this is the one people bought. So we're just going to re-release everything again, okay? And I'm like, okay, I guess, well, but I already own these right, games. Right, but like, I don't have a Wii U, and I'm sure yeah, I missed I mean, good I'm games. And so, you did. Uh, so, I mean, it's good and it's like bad, two good but games at least small. they're doing well. Right, but they've already got, um, <laughs> like, they're going to hit Wii U lifetime sales numbers probably within a calendar year of release. So... Mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah i mean so what do you what do you think changed the public was it just that the was that was it that uh nintendo never nintendo love, love never faded and the wii U was just an inferior product and everyone could smell it or was there something about the switch was it just zelda because people were hyped about it when it was announced they were yeah. like nintendo's falling on hard times we need to band together to save our childhood was it like that i think it's a little bit of both i mean obviously when your launch title is one of the greatest games ever made that's certainly (laughs) gonna help your sales but i mean i think you know no one really realized and i mean this includes me of how convenient it is to have a portable system that's also your tv system like I think that there's probably yeah. a lot of people who play exclusively in handheld. There's, also... there's probably a lot of people who play exclusively in TV. Um, but you have that great option. Yeah. There's the novelty of it as well. Like people just want to see it and see how it works. You know, like before yeah. I got one, I was like, I just want to put one in the dock and see how long it well, takes to go up to the TV. It, it is kind of mythic because it has been selling out so much still. So people are like, bring it to work. I want to see no, it. No, and, and people like, want to play. They're going to steal it. It's short. actually kind of a, yeah, the portability, right? Like people want to play like, back in the couch co-op where you're in the same room and you've got you four controllers and you're like like yeah. people want to do that socially still some um and uh, you know with the switch you can do i that. enjoyed that aspect of uh, the wii u as well which is why i mean i i thought like oh i have call of duty black ops on the wii u uh i'm gonna play it on i'll watch tv and i'll play call of duty online on the uh the, oh you're that guy you know, gamepad and I, uh, you know, and if we, if uh, Max came over and we were hanging out playing games while I was still in LA, uh, he would, you know, one of us would play on the, the screen and the other one would use the TV. Right. So you could do online matches. And it was extremely convenient and fun. But it's like, uh, there's a lot of stuff with the Wii U that, you know, I mean, the Switch is obviously a better version right. of it in every way. But yeah, the Switch also the has a thing, lot of problems that the Wii U had. But like, the well, games yes. are, are, you can't argue against, some of those games and just yeah. this the fact that it works the, as well as it does as far as you just pick it up and now it's a portable like yeah that is pretty crazy I, I when i had my wii u if i had the gamepad and i took 10 feet away from my tv it was like losing connection like you know so it, it wasn't even close to me just being able to walk around the house with it and now you can just take your switch anywhere you know right it's i think it's probably the best handheld console ever made um but it's not purely a handheld console so you right. can't judge it in that way but I think the fact that you can take Skyrim on the go right. is pretty exceptional. I wish it was a little bit more comfortable to hold in handheld mode. There, I, I, I don't mind it, it starts... but I have had to get used to it. Yeah. I, I also don't use it very much. Like, I use it once a month in handheld, probably. Um, All right. So the last news story is something our friend Mark Reichley, uh threw to us earlier today. But apparently Trump, President Trump, uh, misspoke at a public event today. Wait, why is that news? <laughs> Oh, uh, because in in uh, terms of what we talk about on the show, he's talked about how he was selling these a fleet of fictional planes to the Belgians. I think was that it. And uh, he basically he he was trying to say some plane, but he said, uh, "Wait, let me pull it up right here." It's like the 
he cited a plane that does not exist, but it does exist in modern warfare too. This is via Kotaku. Uh, he said that uh, there's an we're, we're, in November right. we started delivering the F-52 uh, and F-35 fighter jets. We have a total of 52, and they've delivered them uh, a little ahead of schedule. But there is no F-52. I think you just misspoke because you had said 52 again right. seconds later. Um, but also this calls a lot of things into question because, one, you know, the F-52 isn't a real-life plane, but it does exist in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. So is Donald Trump a gamer? Much like... Um, does he think Call of Duty Advanced <laughs> Warfare is real? Does he think that Kevin Spacey is a role model? Uh, because and this is interesting because Kevin Spacey on House of Cards was a president who played Call of Duty, and Call <laughs> Kevin Spacey is also in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. <laughs> and, this is Inception yet again. Um, yeah, and uh, if you think about it, um, <laughs> they're both facing criminal charges. <laughs> To be fair, I think that by the time that Kevin Spacey won the presidency in House of Cards, Sony had stepped in and he was playing God of War Ascension. But, you know, whatever. Call of Duty, God of War. It's the same thing. Oh, man. All right. Do you think it's weird that both the fictional president and the real one could be sexual predators? That's scary. Um, All right. So that's the end of news, right? So we're going to move on to another segment that's going to be hosted by Paul Grody, the lawyer. And it's called What We've Been Playing. All right. right. So now it's time for a little segment we like to call What We've Been Playing. Um, So, Trav, we'll start with you. Uh, All right. Um, I've... Sorry, Paul, go ahead and ask me the question. (laughs) (laughs) You were so ready. He's so ready. He can't wait to talk about what game have you been playing? Um, So I finished quite a few things that I was working on um, before we did our game of the year thing. I finished Assassin's Creed Origins. Boo. Um, Okay. That game is kind of disappointing. Um, They... They... Without, like, getting into spoiler stuff, there's story stuff that I don't like about that game. Um... He told me some of it, and it sounded exciting. And it, there is cool stuff, too. Um, but, like, the gameplay is good, but I, f- I feel like... <laughs> what, Sorry, I'm what a little a scatterbrained on, on Assassin's Creed. Anyway, good? so... Yeah, he sounded real <laughs> sure about that. With, yeah, you sounded unconvinced, like even you were having trouble believing you. It, it depends on your perspective. So, the world in Assassin's <laughs> What's Creed What's your Origins perspective? Give us, give us doesn't, yours. It doesn't, like, click with me. Like, I, I know some people really like the world, but it just wasn't... Because, like, I feel like a lot of the, the stuff that, that you will find out there is, like... Uh, like, you find this beautiful oasis or something. Like, something like that. And for me, like, that's not enough. Like, I'd like to find an actual thing, you know? Like, like a uh, like a cool encounter or a cool side quest or something. I didn't feel like a side quest seed were, or something. Sure. A piece of shit. You know, whatever. Korok um, <laughs> So, yep. Uh, yep. I I didn't feel like the, the side quests were kind of as engaging as I was hoping. They are better than, than just simple map barf. Because um, they're actual stuff, but most of them boil <laughs> down to that's a hey, entitled gamer phrase right there. Matt go do a, uh, 
go do a, <laughs> is that is that a trap or, original? Uh, that is a trap no i'm i'm sure i've heard that somewhere so did you um, do any of these like crazy god fights i've been reading about no i didn't do any of the anubis fights or any of that stuff um i was pretty much ready to be done with it by the time because like i think in the last is that end game stuff like yeah i think so because I, I also didn't reach the level cap like i only got to, i stopped at like level 36 oh wow i think and the level cap's 40 how long um, how long does it take you to beat uh i want to say it was like 40 or 50 hours that's pretty and why is there leveling in this game what's the point well i can't i don't know if i can give you a good reason but i can tell you the reason the game gives which is like you level up to get ability points which you know you get skills and whatnot and then every area in on the world map has like level ranges that you should be in and if you're not so so is it true like if you're you like assassinate someone and like with a hidden blade sneak up and you know they don't see you whatever and if you're not high enough level they just don't die even though you stab them in the back with the hidden blade yeah your 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 blade does have a a uh like a raw damage number in your inventory and it tells you how much damage it will do um and if the guy has more health than that and you sneak up and do it it's not going to do it like it won't kill him um interesting but i i think i ran into that once like it's not a big deal because this game also has like crafting and hunting and you gotta like find birds or leopards or not leopards, it seems like it's like adding whatever. a lot of video gamey stuff to assassin's creed that i wouldn't necessarily want yeah which it's, is it's, also it's sort not of the shadow of war problem too. yeah it's not it's not it's not a bad game i don't think it's not a great assassin's creed game well it, it's hard it's hard to explain like like assassin's creed says like there's going to be a like an, a potentially interesting story. There's going to be lots of historical figures, and there's going to be like sabotage and like you know you're going to be like your assassins against the Templars. That's not really what this game is. There is like a couple historical figures, but there's only like one big one for the majority of the game. I don't know that much about ancient Cleopatra's in it, right? Yeah, she's the main one that I like. I'm sure I probably miss some people because I'm not that like. I don't know that much about ancient Egyptian history, but how dare you? <laughs> um, or actually, I don't know if this would be ancient. Egypt. Well, anyway, the time period of when the game—I don't know that much about that time period. Anyway, um, so there are a couple people, but like you don't have like a—is uh, it Da Vinci? Who's your who's your guy in Assassin's Creed Two that built Da Vinci? Yeah, da Vinci. Da Vinci. Okay. So, yeah. so you don't have a Da Vinci figure in this game. So um, I think one of the things I've always liked about this series is that the 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 really successful games to me have been the games where the town or the village or the pirate ship has been super fun to interact with and, mm-hmm. and do that and like i know ancient egypt looks incredible in this game but how is it to like play in like the pyramids look great but are you just running through a lot of sand yeah uh you kind of are between towns it's basically just like get That's on a, a horse question. and run through sand you see mirages occasionally which is kind of cool but i'm not sure if they're a story or if they're like they can happen anywhere or anything right. i think i only saw like three of them but it was it was cool when when it happened um but that i mean that's kind of my thing is that like this world is huge like i didn't even see a lot of it um like there's probably a third of it that i didn't see beating the game wow and it is entirely like maybe five times too big for that game so um like it does not need to be that big. Like I, I get that they're like, oh, it's this huge landmass, biggest one we've ever built, and like there's infinite things to find. Like, but I don't. For me personally, I don't want infinite things to find with a huge map. I want you to to make cool content for me to find in a way that I can actually find it. That's not 
like me just running across the desert for five minutes. I mean, does, it, yeah. it sounds it sounds like the map's just kind of empty. Like you, you it, it, it it does feel a bit empty. There are side quests and, and like outposts to find, but like doing outposts is just like sneak in and hidden blade these guys in the back or shoot them in the head mm-hmm. and then loot the one treasure which is probably going to be like nothing or a weapon that is incrementally like one damage better than what you have and then move on <laughs> to the next thing it's like it, right. the, the loops just not and and uh, for the first 20 hours or so i was i was enjoying it a pretty good extent but by the end of it i was ready for it to be over interesting um i did i also i finished cuphead uh, congratulations! Um, I think I was, we'll send you a gold sticker you. in the mail. Um. I think I, I think I had a couple bosses left when I put it on my game of the year list. Um, the second to last boss fight in that game is simultaneously, I could see how it could be incredibly frustrating and also like really cool is like a set piece. Um, and then the last fight, it was very hard. It took me probably two and a half hours of playing to like get through it. Um, now, is this the last yeah, boss I, I, fight? So I remember you talking about how most of the fights took it when you cleared it only took like two and a half minutes. Is that true yeah. all the way through? The um, yeah, more or less. Um, I, I don't remember my exact time in the last boss fight, but it couldn't have been more than three minutes. I don't think. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, they all stayed pretty short uh, for the most part. I think the the longest level I remember is light was like four minutes. I think. Okay, and that might have even been a platforming level and not a boss fight. Um, what's what's like the coolest boss and what's like the least cool boss? The coolest boss is probably the second to last boss fight, uh, which is a spoiler to say what it is. Okay, okay. Um, and my least favorite was probably the there's a there's a like. Uh, the 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 dragon one is like really cool to see, but there's stuff in that fight that seems random in a way that I don't like. Mm. Um, yeah. There's gotcha. like guys jumping, there's there's like guys jumping up from the bottom of the screen at you, and there's it, it it seems like half the time they jump at you, so if you just jump away, you'll be fine. And the other half of the time they like jump to random platforms, so if you try to jump away from them, you might just land on them and die. Um, how fluid are the controls would you say are they is it does it feel good to play or is it like, for me tricky? it did no it, it felt like very responsive to me um there's very few times where i died and felt like you know oh that wasn't me messing up or you know i just got right. overwhelmed it's, it's very easy to get overwhelmed most of my deaths were due to me being overwhelmed especially in the last boss fight there's a lot going on mm-hmm. um but it, it, it feels tight to me um but you know that's also going to come down to personal preference but but overall like yeah it's 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 it controls super well so do you recommend Um, this game for like everyone or would only people who like challenging games like this yeah i don't i don't know how much you'll get out of it if you don't like running the same boss over and over again trying to perfect it and get the patterns down so you can beat it um there is a simple mode or a simple like like when you go into a boss fight you can pick simple or normal all right i saw that expert uh and if you pick simple, uh, I think it gets rid of one of the phases. Usually, they have less health and they they do less uh, random stuff when they're fighting. Um, and when I say random, I just mean like they have a, like four four different attacks they could do. They'll probably have three or two instead. Okay. Um, and but like as far as I know, you can't do the last area, the last world on simple. And I don't think you can get to there with without doing the fights on normal. So you can get through a good chunk of the game, like 75, 80% of the game on simple, but you won't be able to get to the ending. Interesting. Um, All right. 
And and as far as if 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 you don't like hard games, like I still think simple would probably probably be somewhat difficult. Okay. So if you don't like hard games, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Is there any game you would compare it to? Like, what's the in terms of like action? Um, Is it like Contra? Is it like? I don't actually have that much experience with Contra. the The way that playing the boss fights and getting in a zone reminded me of was Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. okay. Because you know how like you hit retry and you're just automatically starting. That's kind of how it is yeah. when you load in the boss fights. Um, so you just run it over and over and over again, and they're only like a minute and a half, two minutes long. But you have to be like on point, you know, for those right, two minutes. Right. Um, so that's kind of it's it's not quite the same type of gameplay or anything. But that's the, that's the feeling I was getting while while doing this the boss fight for the 18th time or whatever. That's cool. Um, I, I finished Pyre as well. Oh, uh, which is a super giant uh, games game the guys that made transition so, and Bastion. i'm curious right. because keeping with my new year's resolution this was on sale for like eight bucks on ps network so mm-hmm. i just bought this uh cool so I'm, i I, th- I think you'll like it the the gameplay part of it <laughs> is cool um the the music is a is amazing and th- graphically it like like artistically it's like beautiful just the way that they did stuff and then, like it's got a really good story you know it's 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 also pretty long for the price i think it took me like 10 11 hours to finish um and and just backing up this is the one that's kind of like an rpg element with like some sort of ancient basketball soccer mix it's space jam space jam or not space jam not space jam uh uh man what am i playing what's what's the what's the the basketball game the one that everybody nba jam nba jam there you go Ah. um (laughs) So it's it's NBA Jam. It's mystical NBA Jam. Okay. Um, but then you like read books, I'm right? I'm down for mystical NBA Jam. Yeah, there's you have a lore book with you that gets new pages depending on what you do in the world um, that you can read. Uh, That's crazy. It, it it's, the story has a lot of characters in it. I I can't think of any of them that I didn't think were written effectively. Like if I if I if I wasn't supposed to like them, they were written like shitheads, and I really did not like them. Um, but, but yeah, and then the ending is really cool. I really enjoyed that. There's like a bunch of different choices. This is one of the games, one of the few games I played where I really felt like there is no way to like look at this and be like, well, this is how you get this ending. This is how you get that ending because there's so many individual choices and not even choices, just things that can happen based on you know how you how you answer this question, how you play this game, how you how you do in this match that you have. You know, there's just so many different ways that things can go mm. and the game doesn't ne- the game never is like oh you have to retry as far as i know there may be like a tutorial where you have to retry but like once you're in the game if you lose a one of your mystical basketball matches like the game just goes oh wow there's no there's no way so, there's no like you can can you, you can restart the match if you want lose all the way to the end of the game after beating it from seeing what happens you can totally lose every match and, and still beat the game that's super interesting uh, oh whoa yeah, so the the So if you like if you're bad at gaming, try this one cuz you can definitely beat it. <laughs> yeah, you I I it. don't know how the game would play out because <laughs> you winning uh helps a specific thing to happen in the story. Huh. But you could lose all your games and have that I imagine that thing would still happen somehow, but right. I'm not real sure. Right. I would be interested to see what would happen if you lost all the matches, but but yeah, it's really cool. Well, it's you know, when I started, the less skilled the gamer, yeah. um, maybe we'll maybe we'll find out. It's 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 pretty easy in the beginning. It, it takes a while to get actually hard, and by that point, teams are borderline cheating. So, um, and then I I'm still working my way through Yakuza Zero. Um, 
about 10 hours in now, still loving that game. I played uh, some last night. I just decided to go to a bar in the game, and I ended up playing darts. I really pool. thought you went to a bar and played Yakuza 0. Like, and- no. Yeah, I was I, like, wait, that's not on, on Switch. Switch. You yeah. can't do that. I uh, <laughs> I went to a bar and ended up playing darts for like an hour and a half, and I won like it was like fifteen million yen or something playing darts because it's like, hey, do now, you want to learn how to play darts? And I was like, okay, and I played. And then some guy was like, hey, you seem like you throw darts real good. You want to play some darts? And I was like, okay. And then he was like, how about how about four hundred yen? And I'm like, okay. And then eventually it just gets to be like, how about a million yen? And I'm like, oh, okay. Like and. And by and they're like, all right, well, drinks are on me, and they, I get the. I'm like, man, these guys are trying to get me trashed, and the screen yeah. starts like getting all like hazy and stuff while you're trying to aim where you're throwing the dart and everything. It's, it's so cool. aren't like awesome. crazy mini games kind of a hallmark of the Yakuza series? As far as I know, yeah. this is this is the only Yakuza game I've ever played. But but yeah, and, I so far I've liked all of them. So my and and correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of like a open city GTA style game that. Your... sort of it's it's like gta if you only had a few blocks available yeah, at the time yeah. and you had no cars okay um and you can the just city go is into kind of like uh at least in the one i played it was like you know how you could walk through the streets in um persona 5 yeah um it would be like if like maybe five or six blocks were back to back you know yeah, yeah that, that's that's, like, that's, that's 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 a pretty good comparison like and you can just go and there's like there's places to eat there's places to drink there's places to do uh activities like i think i've done (laughs) karaoke i did disco i did uh darts like i said i did pool i tried to play uh shogi which i'm really bad at so this Uh, this game just sounds like good way of telling me how to play shogi to me um, Bar hopping well my my guy my i had i got done with like my main objective for the day or whatever that makes sound like stardew i i'd gotten done with the main the main like story quest for that day and the guy was like oh the next part of the story quest was to go to bed so i was like oh i'll go i'll go drink and check out because like you also develop friendships and you get little, right. little funny side quests with people as you're going um like i like the bar i went to the guy was like telling me all about this whiskey trivia and stuff again um, bar hopping the video game sure it does it does have it. some of like the most consistently like the in the one i've played anyway consistently funny side quests yeah um outside of like ocarina of time and uh Majora's Mask and stuff like that. Like they're just like this world is like brimming with characters. Yeah, I, I've yet to, to come into contact with a with a side quest that I didn't think was at the very least just got a chuckle out of me. And there's some stuff that's really funny. Um, oh, definitely. Right. Okay, anything else, yeah. Trev? Uh, no, that's about it. I, I'm I'm close to starting the uh, what is the new champions ballad oh. dlc for zelda i think that's what it's oh, called right breath of the um, wild yeah i'm at the very beginning it's very frustrating in the beginning but i will hopefully get through it and have more to say next time all right yeah maybe i'll get to it too because i just i started replaying that game as well interesting all right matt what have you been playing um i've played a bunch like i just said i just started like i've got all these games and i see I've a game still in been here drawn to about a, a butthole did i read that Yes, that's true. I've been playing a ton of South Park: The Fractured Butthole, ah. um, and uh, that's been that's been really fun. It's it's surprisingly engaging. But I'm a South Park fan. I I don't think it'd be that good of a game uh, if you weren't a South Park fan. Um, the combat is better than the past game, uh, but the story seems a little bit weaker. Um, I got, I got stuck. I was trying to show you, but I couldn't do share play. I got stuck at a part where I was fighting strippers. Yeah, and this you sent giant me this text stripper. message, and I'm like, "What the? What is he talking about?" 
there's like it's like a uh, most of the battles are just like you know defeat all opponents, but this one was like a uh, fight while leaving an area, and if you don't move your characters fast enough, a giant fat stripper will jump and crush you with her butt. So mm. it's pretty harrowing. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm just uh, maybe I don't know a third of the way through that. I'm not really sure how long it is. Um, but yeah, like Breath of the Wild is what I've been back into, and I'm playing on master mode, and it's been so great and i mean i still hate how much damage the bad guys do to you right but i'm but it's like whatever so how, how fast do your, does do your weapons break in that mode like they just it seems like it's the same yeah, yeah like, i think it doesn't it's the seem same like okay you just like the enemies just regenerate health so if you're not oh, staying my on goodness. top of them all right yeah yeah the enemies the are like regenerating too, like health. even even ganon in in the uh or not ganon but like the boss fights that you have in the yeah. in the things will oh the calamity health. ganon shade things yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. I'm not looking forward to that, but I kind of am because the game is just once fantastic. you once you get some armor and upgrade it, it won't be that hard. Yeah, as soon as I got an armor piece, I was like, oh, this feels better. But I'm still like level three, you know. Like I just got to Kakariko Town, right? Um, but it's it's a fantastic game, and you know, to the point I was trying to make, I don't know what it was was whether it was just that I had a different experience than you guys, but I'm loving it even more the second time. Like I'm not sick of it. But I didn't turn over every stone. I pretty much stopped playing it after I beat the main story the first time. And uh, then went back ah. and saw the Goron area because I hadn't done that yet. Um, but uh, what else? I get, I've been playing Crash Insane Trilogy. Um, and uh, the controls are kind of wonky, but the graphics are really good. They did a great job of updating it. But it's, it's you know, that's another nostalgia fest for so, me. So, um, um, like... When did Crash originally come out? I was like trying to like reach back in the memory banks. It was like a it was like a flagship PS One PlayStation One title. Yeah. yeah, it was like he was the mascot. I think for that, if I remember playing it in my grandpa's basement. You know what? It was um, a PlayStation One game, and I can say that definitively. Yep. And I'll tell you why when we get to my segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I've been playing XCOM or the Chosen, which is just like. If you haven't played XCOM 2 yet, XCOM War of the Chosen is a uh, an expansion on that, and it makes so many improvements to everything in XCOM 2. Just, like, just play War of the Chosen. I'm sure that if you wait long enough, they'll have be, like, a double pack so, for that, but definitely get so that. So if, if you haven't played XCOM 2, like me, and... Right. Because I hear War of the Chosen just, like, completely changes the gameplay. Like, should I play XCOM 2 without it, or should... No, jump straight no. into War I mean, Trav asked me the same thing, and yeah, I don't think you should play XCOM 2. I think you should just play War of the Chosen, because uh, I think Trav mentioned this to me, but I feel like it runs better. Like, it, it has fewer glitches, okay. fewer crashes in general. It just feels, like, smoothed out. And, like, the core content of XCOM 2 is still there. It's just that it almost has a new frontline narrative where you're being pursued by, uh, like, enemies, like a rogues gallery of bad guys. So it's like, everything you liked about the old game but now it's even better and it doesn't feel overpacked either it's a pretty incredible expansion mm-hmm. um but uh yeah I'm, I'm very early in that because it's just it's the same old game but it's like you know it's got a new whole section of it um and and in that strategy vein i started playing some more mario and rabbits kingdom battle oh, I love um, this game. It, yeah it's really good and it keeps getting better and better um i still like xcom better but there are certain things that i I do enjoy about so how far the way are you Kingdom Battle works. Kingdom Battle, I'm like I just got to the, like the area that's like a haunted house world kind of. So good, so good. All right, um, that's where I'm at, and uh, I've been my 
I normally have one game on the, the system that's just my like go-to play when you just want it. It's just like on the system. Mm-hmm. Don't need to switch discs, and it's just like I'll play a couple rounds. And now uh, Injustice 2 is that game for me, other than Overwatch or like Rocket League, which are like my old standbys. But like my my new my new haunt is Injustice Two, and I'm really enjoying it. I uh, just started getting into the story a little bit. I it was giving it more of a chance because you said it was so good, and so uh, I'm really digging it very much at the beginning. But um, so I, but yeah, I'm just having fun. With so it. are you like doing like the daily multiverse challenges or whatever they call them or any of that stuff? Because there's a ton um, of content. I, I tried doing some multiverse stuff, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's just basically multiverses, like different scenarios, like fight this character and this stuff. It's how you basically earn armor pieces. They're kind of like the towers from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. You just sort of like like climb your way up the ladder, so to speak. But like, uh, yeah, I've been digging that. I mean, it's just like all the stuff that you wish Street Fighter Five had. It like all that content is here <laughs> in right. Justice Two, which I kind of appreciate. Um, and then uh, last but not least, probably least too, I got <laughs> Disney Afternoon Collection, which is a collection of old NES games, um, which has one really amazing feature, which is that it has the same feature as Braid, the indie game that everyone should definitely play, um, in which you can uh, rewind time. So anytime you fall off a cliff or take, take damage, you can hit rewind. Oh, you can do that like a VHS on the uh, SNES Classic as well. Oh, you can? Yeah, with this, is not fully but like with your suspend states i think you can rewind i actually haven't used that yet but, oh sure um, that is a really cool feature wait does this have the old ducktales game on it yeah it has <sighs> ducktales one and two it's got darkwing duck chippendale one and two and tailspin um and i will say that the the fact that you can it's like great nostalgia whatever it's like compared to all of the main nintendo titles these games are only good as nostalgia like, I love Darkwing Duck. I played it a million times. I'm going back to play it now, and I'm just like, this is the worst Mega Man ripoff bullshit. See, I remember like, it is just so renting, bad. I think it was the DuckTales game, and just loving it. But, like, that is I mean, my entire memory. That game is hard. Outside of speedrunning challenges, these games don't hold up that well. It's like, you, you have to have nostalgic goggles. I would not say, like, oh, you haven't played them? You'll love them. Because <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not like Pac-Man or Donkey Kong. It's not like it has a certain, like, uh, retro charm. Like, it's not Centipede. It's just, like, it's like, hey, do you want to play a worse version of Mega Man 2 that isn't Mega Man 6? Right. Uh, play Darkwing Duck. So that's been kind of a disappointment, but I've got plenty of good games. So Cool. All right, Paul, what have you been playing um, besides um, Gargantuan? I mean, Garagaraga. I mean, Gargantuala. What's this game I don't know. I think it's Gorogoa. Um, this is a independent game it was made by one guy it's a puzzle game um it's super cool um so all the puzzle is hand drawn so basically you have four panels on the screen and you zoom in and out in perspective and like so like you'll zoom in on a character and then you'll have to zoom in on another panel to get like doors to align and then you can drag the panel over each other and the character will walk from one panel over to the other it is I cannot picture this at all, but it sounds intriguing. It, it is super cool. It's super hard to describe, um, but it the game plays with perspective in very interesting ways, and um, like there's there's like no explanation on how anything works. It's all visual cues that you have to detect, and so um, uh, Sarah and I played it over New Year's. I, it takes about two, maybe three hours, depending. Um, 
but if you I really recommend at least doing a Google search and watching like 30 seconds of a trailer because the art is so good and uh, the way the puzzles unfold it's just a super interesting game and I'm having trouble describing it because it's not like anything else I've played so all right so look at it and it'll make more sense yeah I mean I'm not doing it justice so that all right that does sound interesting though and that's a switch exclusive uh no I think it is out on switch I I played it on switch I want to say it's out on maybe PC. It might even be out on PS4 and Xbox, but don't quote me on that. All right, so let's get to the Xenoblade in the room. So you you played Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which our gaming pundit role model, Jason Schreier, hated. Yeah. Um, But he didn't seem to like the previous entries in the series either. But it seems like you've had lots of lots to say about this game, so let's get let's get to it. Let's start off at how would you how would you describe the graphics of this game? Well, actually, before you even get into the graphics, how would you what is the setup of this game for someone who doesn't know anything? So, about that? like, what's what's the premise? So it it's a JRPG, um, and it is one of the JRPGs JRPGs I played, if that makes any sense. But the the setup in the world is. Um, your humanity lives above this cloud sea, which there are a whole bunch of story reasons for, which I can't even discuss without going into spoilers. So there's this cloud sea you, you live on, and humans live on these ginormous animals called titans and that kind of swim around the cloud sea. Um, but the titans are kind of dying off, which is a problem because that's like the only land available for humans to live on. So that's the big setup. Um, there's uh, The characters have these... Um, blades that they use um, which are sort of um, hard to describe exactly what they are without getting into super story spoilers but when you they look human mostly um, but they are literally the sword like if um, a character can bond with a blade and they will the blade will literally like send them power and they have swords um so I will say the world design is really cool. Like the Titans have, um, are all super cool designed, um, and it makes like very fun um, areas to explore in the game. And that looks really. What does the game look like? Because you said stuff about the graphics, and I, I, I think like based on that description, living on these giant animals and they're dying off. That's interesting. Right, but the... I haven't heard a lot of stuff like that outside of fantasy novels. So that's a cool. It's setting. a really cool setting. But what does it? What does it look like? But, like? How does it come to the, life? The character, right? So you've got that, and those are just traditional graphics. But the characters are all like in this anime style, kind of like Persona, kind of like Breath of the Wild, um, and it kind of works and it kind of doesn't because it's a little jarring at time to see like this animated person next to these the background backdrops um so there's some inconsistency in the style yeah well yes because you know you have it's not like persona where everything is like hyper stylized it's like you have right. or breath of the wild where everything looks like it's like you know it has the same aesthetic, aesthetic. it has there's a unified a di- theme right so the aesthetic of the characters you play as definitely contrast with just the environment but even the character oh right? that's interesting. so like sometimes it's kind of like jarring to see like you know it looks like a 3d rendered world next to like a animated anime style 3d model so it's it, that can be a little jarring but then the characters themselves so they hired a whole bunch of designers to design the characters and like 
Um, so there's like not even a consistent motif throughout all the character designs, if that makes sense. Oh, so it's a lot of different artists doing even the basic right. so, like, character design. So it's it's probably hard to grab onto in terms of like what things are supposed to look like. Yeah, too. it it was a little weird. Like, and uh, I I actually figured out a plot element at one point in the game just because of I picked up on art style cues. Like, of, of, <laughs> that's that's rare. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. It, it, um, yeah. So the characters is the voice acting as bad as that I've I've heard it is. Yeah, it, or is it? It's really bad. They try something really cool where like um, each of the Titans has its own like British dialect, but the voice acting is just atrocious. There's weird pauses, <laughs> um, and they do this thing like so in the combat scenes they like they all like yell the move that you're doing, and, and right. but it just sounds super lame in English. They they. They did that in the first game too. That's why Shulk and Smash Brothers is always like yeah, yelling yeah. his moves. Yeah. So um, some people may not it. It got a little less bad later in the game, but I played through a lot of it with the Japanese voice track, just because it was less ridiculous, and I felt. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, you. D- that's that's an interesting game where shouting Japanese people makes it less ridiculous somehow <laughs> yeah well and i i wonder if some of it's just like localization because there's just weird pauses yeah. in like the middle of the line and it it like seems like they did that so that the voice lines would sync up with the cutscene a little bit probably so i don't know but yeah i i switched to japanese and um i give give both of them a try i i did go back to english okay but, so I heard there's like the weird like sexy element of the character, oh, yeah. and you talked about this with the art style too. So like, what is the deal with that? So a character's like really busty or something, like Dragon's Crown. So is that it? my the, the 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 internet joke is that it's like Legend of the Boob Sword because what one of the main characters on the <laughs> cover is this very busty and redhead that has no like sense of gravity or proportions or anything like that <laughs> she's a sword paul she she doesn't need to have realistic proportions so yeah that's the other thing so the, what, explain that so like how can a girl be a sword and have boobs but also be a weapon is it like her spirit comes out of it or does the sword so, physically so transform basically in combat what happens is your blade which is a character right like so the redheaded woman stands close to you and she shoots like energy at you which powers up the the sword so you can actually get more than one blade per character and when you switch blades the weapon switches to your hand so you might go from like a sword to a spear to scythe to stuff like that but are they like physical beings in this world or do they are like pokemon and they just like pop in every once in a while. Do they walk around? Yeah. So when you walk around people? in the world, your your equipped blade is following you. Oh, so in all the cutscenes, so it's like Pokemon yeah. Yellow. <laughs> so like in all the cutscenes, like all the characters have a main blade that they talk to, um, that they're associated. Okay, with. so it's like Pokemon a persona. Right. You've got your like attached, your equipped persona, and they're just hanging out with you. I could dig right. that, but one of them. So how how. Is is that big busty redhead a main character in the game? Yes, or she's there, like, is, is this is this she, she, she is not the she is the main character's blade and she and the main character are the central two characters. Is it a romance? There are yes, yeah. I mean it's 
That's it's, great. It's this game. So the it's fan about service. a man loving his blade. Yeah. It, there's there's this fan service stuff. There's like there's a scene where they go to the hot springs or whatever, and you're like, seriously? Of course. Um, of course. I mean, right. there's a couple there's a couple cutscenes where like they literally zoom in on Pyra's her name. They zoom in on her ass while they're like explaining important like plot events and you're like so sitting there and you're just like shaking your head and ugh. so does this like fit with the tone or humor of the game or is it really uncomfortable um i i found it took me out of it a little bit um but some it in some ways it works because th- this game is so ridiculous the number of systems in it and i we don't need it, right, I, right. It would take so, like, me an hour. You said to me you couldn't describe it because it'd be too complicated. Right. But like, I, on on like, have you played more complicated games than it in terms of the combat? Like, is the combat what's complicated, uh, or the combat is fairly involved? Um, but I will say it like once you get the hang of it, it's super simple. And the game, like, they don't even fully really explain the combat system till about like halfway through the game. So they they like work you into it but i will say like it looks really cool so you do all these sword moves you build up specials with your blades you combo them in interesting ways and it looks super cool when you're doing fights and like i one of the coolest things is like when you see the cutscene where they're fighting after you know you kill a boss or whatever like the cutscenes kind of look like what you're actually doing in, in the fight so uh the combat to me was actually one of the the biggest strengths of the game like it really works that's interesting um, but it also takes you a while to get there um, so would you say you would recommend this to because you didn't play the i had ones, not right? played any of the other ones um so man i th- i like this game but it's got clear flaws like there are parts of this game the voice right. acting some of the systems are annoying the fact that every time you do a menu there might be a voice line and all of that i liked it but this is a game where like you could play it and you could be like this is this is my game of the year like it's fantastic i love the blades i'm like getting every single rare blade in the game which are random through basically loot boxes which you can't buy is how you unlock most of them <laughs> so it's kind of weird. but that's all i can do i know with loot boxes. Well, I, i'll tell you me? this i had i literally had basically a hundred common loot boxes that i didn't open because they take so long to open so like so like i liked it i'm kind of like I'm glad I played it, um, but don't, like, I didn't love it, love it, but I also didn't hate it. Right. But, man, you could be anywhere in between. Like, th- all these minor flaws, you could overlook with Your them. mileage may yeah. vary in a game like yeah, this. but... All right, so what else What else have you been um, playing? Real quick, um, I started Uncharted 4, um, and right. I, so I was playing this... Uh, on my ps4 pro and i walk in and my roommate like sees that i'm gaming he walks and he walks back in the room and he's like wait i thought you were gaming did you stop and watch tv and i'm like and i'm just staring at him and then i realize like it's during a cutscene, and he didn't right. realize that i was still playing a video game and i was just like man that was literally like the commercial for uncharted 2 was like dude my girlfriend yeah. doesn't know i'm playing a game <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like that is true. Like that uh, uncharted, they're good looking games. It's fun so far. Um, even though they made me play Crash Bandicoot one briefly, <laughs> um, and and the controls have not and, changed. No, that's funny when you mentioned that. I was like, yeah, those were not great. Um, but the no, game, not the best. It's hard to judge depth in that game. You're like, I think I made the jump. Oh, I kept jumping so too much early or too late. I had no clue. Yeah, I'd like 
That's basically that was the, the whole hardest game. part of the game so far is the crash bit. Great, but you missed forty five boxes. Um, and uh, then I did spend like twenty minutes around. Just there's this beautiful Italian villa, and it has the the these like really elaborate rugs and wooden floor, and then marble floor. And I swear I just walked around that like amazed at how enjoying. The yeah, floor. I was like, I was like, <laughs> man, this is. I must be getting old because now I'm playing video games and looking at architecture, but. <laughs> yeah right wow this floor simulator is incredible yeah um i can't wait for ready player floor uh, um yeah all right so what else, what um, else? so uh trav and i both really like SteamWorld dig um so i of course got SteamWorld heist as soon as it came out on switch right um it is you know basically the side scroller XCOM tactical type action um, really enjoying it so far it's really nice to play on the switch the the, the rounds take five to ten minutes so you know it's a perfect did you get the did you get the dlc character yet i have not got the dlc character that i'm a, I, and i don't know i actually i don't know if you'd be able to tell because i think it just comes with the this version on the switch but mm. it's you'd recognize is the... it the character from two yeah, yeah I, I got him and he's super okay. awesome uh, so <laughs> I won't say more for fear of spoilers, but yeah, um, really enjoying it. <laughs> and, um, it is completely different than steam world dig, although it's set in the same world. So, um, but I think it's a very good game to pick up on the switch. If you ever played the old worm side scrollers, um, you know, where it's kind of the tactical turn-based thing, um, kind of similar, except you can't blow up the earth to move through things, but plays very similarly. <laughs> And then, uh, finally, I did break out my Super Nintendo Classic, uh, replayed some Super Punch-Out, and which was very funny, because right. I kept, like, like, I died in the same spots. Like, I'm like, man, this guy does this move, and I was like, how do I block it? And <laughs> I'm so bad at Punch-Out games, I, just in I, general. Like, and then I'd, like, remember right after. So I, I played that for a little bit, and then I started Earthbound, which I'm super excited to play. Right. So wait, what are the things you don't like about Earthbound? Because you didn't have a positive experience with the beginning. You were like annoyed. Yeah, with it. I, I'm dying a lot, and uh, like <laughs> it's hard. And, and I'm like, it's not I easy. haven't figured out like how to restore the mana or magic PP or whatever. Like I know I can go back to the house yeah. and sleep, but it feels like there should be an easier way. Um, <laughs> there isn't. Good luck. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's an old game, right? Ball. Yeah, you got to go to the hotel, spend the night. It's the end. All right. Well, but I didn't want to spend my money. That's that's the problem. So, and then I was also like, you definitely need to upgrade your your weapons in the first town, like before you mm -hmm. do anything. And I was like, oh, I yeah. don't need to do that. I'll get better stuff like right away. And then I kept dying. No, you need to grind. You need to fight every enemy, and you need to spend that money. Yeah. So I actually have a whole bunch of money s saved up, but like, that's not how I normally play. You know. And normally in that type of game, right. like saving and hoarding that all for later. So, um, yeah. I, I've got some instincts to undo, I guess. But I'm super excited to play it. Yeah, it, I, you have limited inventory space and like management of everything. Wait, is there's limited so inventory. Like gotta, oh, yeah. All right. Then you got to call Tracy. I accidentally um, did that and cost right. myself like fifty bucks. I didn't even have anything. <laughs> Escargo. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but that's it. That's for real me. snail mail. That's it for me, man. And that's it uh, for the episode and what we've been playing and all that good stuff, right? Uh, so thank you guys for listening. We're excited to be able to. This is our 30th episode, so that's exciting. 
and uh, we're looking forward to spending 2018 with you. We got uh, a lot more fun stuff to talk about. Big games coming out this year. Uh, so yeah, anybody else have anything to add? Stay entitled. Nope. Stay Bye everyone. Entitled. Bye everybody. See you later. Thank you for listening to The Entitled Gamer. The Entitled Gamer is hosted by Matt Shore and Travis O'Brien, a.k.a. Big Trav. The Entitled Gamer is edited by Matt Shore. Theme song by Braxton Boren. To get the latest episodes instantly downloaded to your device, subscribe to The Entitled Gamer on iTunes. You can also stream and download episodes from our website, theentitledgamer.com. Follow us on Twitter at EntitledGamer69. Or like our Facebook page, you guessed it, The Entitled Gamer. You can also follow Matt on Twitter at Shorster and Trav on Twitter at T.O.Brien90. Got a question, comment, or concern for the Entitled Gamer? Your question could be asked and answered during the show. Simply send an email to question at theentitledgamer.com or contact us on Twitter. Thanks again for listening and have an Entitled Day.